Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Ron Eden. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies. Under 90 minutes. Okay, today on our show, clocking in at 86 minutes, we're talking about one of my all-time favorite movies, 1994's Ace Ventura Pet Detective, directed by Tom Shadiak, the late Tom Shadiak. He passed away? No, just his career. <laughs> oh, oh, zing, zing, zing. Yes, I said it. So let's get. He's little... going to come back someday, and you're going to regret your words. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So like, I remember you from a podcast I listened if to. If we're on the topic of Shadiak, does anybody here see I Am Me, his documentary, his existential journey through uh, uh, um, getting through... Uh, uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I, can't. I, I didn't either, but I remember the reviews, and they were like uh, half and half. It's half where he, good, half he transcends materialism in that documentary. He gets rid of all of his material possessions, and he says, uh, I just want to be free, man. That's Oh, okay, Tom yes, Shady I do remember hearing about, yeah. So you guys didn't see I Am Me. No, I did not see I Am Me, but I did no. hear about uh, Tom Shadyak's, um breakdown, if you will, uh, after. He's just woke, man. Yeah, that's it. He just woke up, just like woke. Jim Carrey himself is no. just. You guys see that stuff? He, yeah, he's Carrey's not, been acting a little weird lately. He's yes. not even here on red no. carpets. Yeah, remember that? He said, "I'm not even here right now. I'm not even here." All right, I envision Tom Shadyak is going to direct a movie written by Adam McKay, Will Ferrell, and Jim Carrey, and oh. it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful film. Is it going to be an existential journey that transcends materialism? Uh, it could be. I think it, it, they'll all be woke afterwards. Good. I hope I'm not asleep during this movie. Well, well we're not here to talk about well, Tom Shadyak's late career too much. No, but one one little sidebar to that. I believe one of his parents was like really a big charitable person uh-huh. who did a lot of giving away. You to, talking Shadyak? Yes. Okay. To to lesser, you know, communities of some sort. I'm sure that's how. So he... that's probably where he, he's based in that his early. Growing up, is that where he got all that money for Evan Almighty? <laughs> yeah, he used his personal budget <laughs> oh, for the most expensive flop of I all time. Feel bad oh, for Lord. that. Yeah. Oh, oh man, it's always Heaven's Gate. <clears throat> but I mean, hey, there's a reason he is him. He is him because he is he, he is this movie. Me as you are, me. Jim Carrey at the height of his powers, nineteen ninety four. Uh, I would not. I wouldn't say this is the height of his height powers. Of his I would. Powers. I would say this is the explosive uh, sort of the breakthrough. Yes, this yes. is nineteen ninety four is the powerhouse Jim Carrey year, and I would say it's right around Liar Liar where he's at his oh, his height peak. of his powers. Give him two or three years. Yeah, mm-hmm. ninety seven, ninety eight. Mm-hmm. You can see shades of his character in Liar Liar in this movie. Both Ace Tom Ventura. Shadiak films. Yes. So yeah. I think the guy just knows tone, and I think he works well with Jim Carrey. Well, he was a stand-up comedian, too. That's another oh. thing that uh, not a lot of people know about him. So he is at least familiar with comedic timing. and uh, okay. It shows. And knows how to work with uh, comedic personas, because he also uh, directed uh, Patch Adams. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he has worked with Robin Williams. He... Um, Bruce uh, Almighty, Evan Almighty. Bruce of Almighty, course. Evan Almighty. I feel like there was one more big. T- did he direct The Nutty Professor? I think he did. I think, yeah. Yeah, did, yeah. yeah, the, yeah so he did. Eddie Murphy, Robin Williams, yeah, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Big, big comedy name. Right. So he knows how to work with them, or knew how to work with them at one point. I, he probably has one good one left in him, I'd say. If he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's where a big circle comes around because when you see Carrie's 
character in this movie, um, it, it's reminiscent of Robin Williams. Uh, it's reminiscent of Jerry Lewis. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Professor. So I mean, it, there's uh, they all seem to feed off that same sort of uh, you know dinner table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one where, where there's big fat people farting. All around. <laughs> this movie was well, made. That, that might be more of a Blazing Saddles kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> this movie was made for eleven million dollars, which today is a, equates to about nineteen million. Okay. Uh, that's a that's like an independent. That's budget. a cheap, it's cheap, a movie. cheap movie. It's back at a time it? when studios would make just comedy. Like, okay, we're just gonna like now. I was just thinking about this earlier today. Like, the if for just a straight up comedy movie that's mm-hmm. not like sort of something else or a superhero movie, you know, that is a comedy it, it's like will ferrell and jason bateman are like the two people that get to make comedy movies and the rest of them are just like they just yeah. don't make movies like this anymore mm-hmm. tj miller seemed to slip in there somehow yeah, yeah. now he's slipping out <laughs> yeah That's by his own doing yeah so it, it, did jim carrey write his letter to himself for the 10 million dollar check thing? to himself yeah before the, this movie the legendary check to himself yes you're, you're he, telling me that the 11 million dollars 10 of it went to jim carrey <laughs> no 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 yeah the um the alleged uh not the alleged i mean it's 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 the, no, this is confirmed. the story of yeah. uh of of that he has confirmed himself, yeah. The, His motivator. The check that he wrote to himself for $10 million or whatever um, was written before this because his dad died before this, um, and he put the check in his dad's pocket, mm. and the very next year is when he made the $10 million over the course of the three movies, I believe. Wow. Do you, do you recall, what? It, did he make movies before this? I know he was in that one oh, yeah. uh, Dracula movie. He's right? been in, yeah. <laughs> Once Bitten. Once yeah. Bitten, yeah, that was back in 85. So, no, he had oh. been in several movies before this, but this is the first, like, starring vehicle role for I think Jim he Carrey. was in a Clint Eastwood movie, too. Yeah, he was in The Deadpool. Yeah. He was Dirty in uh, yeah. Earth Girls Are Easy. Uh, Peggy Sue got married. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, this yeah, rubber really, face. Rubber <laughs> face. Really showed his, well, rubber face probably showed his talent still. That was uh, yeah, just like an Indian. Yeah, in this movie, we got the in living color Jim Carrey. Yeah, yes. the the post in living color Jim this... Carrey. Now, before we actually get into the movie, um, I my question is that because we as we mentioned before, Dan and I let the guest. Uh, choose a from a list of movies, and uh, everyone got a, got to select their own chunk of movies. Why was this one of the movies that you chose for your uh, list? Is there any specific um, reason? Because I think it's uh, stood the test of time. It's I would agree. It's uh, it's a winner. That's all. It's just a, a darn good movie, under ninety minutes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. It took six <laughs> years to develop this movie. I read. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, it was, was it just the character? You... Well, it started as more of a like you know it was. I I, I don't know if it was a script written on spec or something like that, but it was mm-hmm. more like a script about a detective who wasn't necessarily bumbling. It was more like a comedy, uh, more of a farce, I guess, if you will. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then it kind of like developed, a noir and then like pets. Yeah. yeah, and then it like became once it got into Jim Carrey's hands, then they kind of you know carried it up a little bit. He yeah, carried it up. Yeah, maybe they were looking to uh, do a Inspector Clouseau American. Sure. Yeah, I don't know if they like the goal was to launch a franchise, but I mean, like yeah. I mean they kind of did. Yeah. I mean it had a freaking cartoon and a sequel. The idea of a pet detective was, I mean, 
You got your Doctor Doolittle's. What what else really did you have before this movie? Yeah, so. yeah, but he takes it so seriously, yeah. like a real detective. He's a credible and, expert, and he solves the case for the police. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he he's <laughs> a good detective in this Period. movie. Yeah. All right, so let's get into it. Um, so yeah, we got this uh, this opening scene, which is uh, I kind of like it because like if you anytime you take like a, a, a detective. Or uh, a spy or anything like that, you got to kind of compare it to James Bond a little bit. Not mm-hmm. that, you know, I would say Austin Powers is a closer comparison, obviously, because that's the intent. But to me, this is like this whole thing is like, this is cool. It's like a James Bond opening where this whole opening Cold has opening. nothing to do with really the rest of the movie. They, when, uh, when I took screenwriting, they call that a mini mission. When you open a movie with like the process, yeah. and then you find out what it is that they're doing, you know, you catch up. Yeah. They call that a mini mission. I got This you. is your mini mission here. Yes. And uh, yeah, I dig it too, because you're wondering why is he throwing that package around? Uh, he's a HDS uh, delivery man. Yes, yeah, clearly a UPS parody. Yeah. And right. uh, he'd make a note qualms about throwing that box around oh, whatsoever. That was definitely purposeful. Uh, he uh, he seems to... Uh, oh, what am I looking for? You know, anytime that you can glide through the opening credits... And yeah, I was watching the movie, not the credits. So yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. yeah anytime cool. you can do that, that's great. Do yeah. something. Yeah, later... Uh, yeah, no, you're... I'm gonna, I was He's got to... the stuffed dog in his shirt. Very... Um, uh, uh, not inconspicuous, but uh, yeah, he's got the, just this paunch. He's just kind <laughs> yeah, of walking around. A fake it shows us pillow. right off the bat that he's wacky and completely destructive if necessary. All right, that, that's what I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Who is Ace Ventura? Is he like? A, is he a punk? Like literally, like a punk rocker? Is he a troll? You know, does he just like to fuck with people? Because he's obviously getting kicks out of like putting that box in the between the elevator doors in front of everybody, holding up their day. I yeah, think he no. gets little kicks. Is he like an anarchist? What is his deal? Well, because he's going after someone who is not nice to to animals. So, okay. so I he think gets that's he's his getting... motivator. He's a sort of a troll with a purpose. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, that's a good point. He's not he uh, indulges in troll-like behavior throughout this yeah. movie. You, yeah, because you mentioned something that we'll get to later, and it's interesting because yeah, he, he also I think is under a, the impression that this person is a bad. So he's a dick to people who are he's kind known of known or suspected to be dicks to animals. But you know what? And the more I think about it, he's a pet detective, which means he's probably a misanthrope. Like he doesn't like humans. He's, he connects with animals. Yeah, he oh. probably resents human beings. Probably, and I get that impression definitely. in this movie. So maybe it's just all makes sense yeah you know? for sure yeah. later so, don't you see him eating like sunflower seeds like a bird would <laughs> yeah well <laughs> since you mentioned the word the bird, <laughs> the whole performance of the character is based on a bird is that yes. right yes yeah, the, uh the albino pigeon or, or uh, bird? well it's it's just based on uh i would i mean if you're gonna i think it's just a bird in general like a tropical bird he based his performance like physically yes, the way that he moves and he kind of bobs his head and when his he hair walks, the that. way that his yes. hair his colorful outfit his yes. shirts all of it based on a bird and wow. later on he was uh, i heard a story where he was talking to anthony hopkins like they were having a dinner together or something like that. And uh, the conversation was, they, that's what they had in common was the fact that they both based big characters on birds. Hannibal Lecter being based on like a lizard, like an iguana or something like that. Okay, so they both, they're both they okay. both familiar with the... Yeah, uh, and when I went, when I was... Reverse anthropomorphizing, or yeah. just anthropomorphizing? Well, it's also when I, um, my during my one year of beginner improv at <laughs> uh-huh. Second City... Um, that was one of the lessons we had where it was just like we were given an animal and uh, nobody was else was like supposed to know what animal you got and you had to base a character just basically just 
however you interpret this animal yeah. as a character. When, so yeah, if, like that's a, it's kind of like an speak. acting technique almost. When I took directing one, that was kind of like one of the play with that. Like if you want to have fun with your directing or really dig deep with your actors, have them base it on it just for one take an animal. Yeah, here's your cheetah take, and I did that with like a scene, and I don't know if it worked out, yeah. but you know it's just an idea. So yeah, that's interesting. But I yeah, that, that was all intentionally. I, I was gonna in say the performance. Nobody ever calls attention to his hair throughout this whole movie. No, they don't call it out. Or oh anything. man, and it's like it's so funny too to see his hair because it's like. So much tamer than it gets in the second movie. Oh, that yeah. movie, that yeah. second movie, it's like seven inches tall. The hair reflects like the tone of that movie because it gets goofier into. It yeah. gets a little more absurd into. Yeah, I, I like one better. It's more grounded to. And people who to always, I used to get in arguments with certain people that two is better than one. I was like, no, you're crazy. <laughs> two has some very. Fun, I think two is only funny in the last like twenty minutes of it. And yeah, like specifically the last ten minutes to me. Are pretty funny for that movie because it just it is. It has a strange. lot of great moments. I'm not. I'll give it that, but I, I don't think it holds a candle to one. But no. that's just my opinion. But they both have good visuals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sight gags. Um. So Ace it shows up at Josh Brolin, Buff Josh Brolin's <laughs> apartment. <laughs> no, it's not. That's that's for Mike Clapoff out there. That was his. I'm gonna give credit where credits due. I remember we used to talk about Ace Ventura. He's like, did you know Josh Brolin is an Ace Ventura? I was like, who is he? Randall Tex Cobb. That's yes. it. Okay, so Buff Josh Brolin answers yeah. the door, and he's uh, Ace gives him the package. He's from HDS, and he says, sounds broken. He's like, most likely. And it, you find out he's distracting him by having signed all these uh, forms, these insurance forms for yeah. the broken package, while he does a little switcheroo with the, the little uh, shih tzu that's inside Josh Brolin's apartment. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, while he's signing the forms, he very cleverly... He switches these shit to the real yeah, that, one. Hence the switcheroo. Yeah. Which yep. he, yeah. yeah. With uh, the fake dog that's inside of his, uh, his in his paunch belly. Yeah. And then he leaves. And then he takes off. And, and Brolin finds out that he's been swindled. He's been had by Ace yeah. Ventura. He has, gets a card that reflects that information. And uh, as Ace is getting out of the building, we, we cue the music. Do you guys like the music in this movie? Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm, kind a, of I'm a driving. It's, it's kind uh, of... Uh, it's 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 sort of like it's not as it's very espionage. Yeah, I was gonna say it's very spy like music uh-huh. without being like sixties mm-hmm. t- uh, parody or like anything like that. A modern take on your old spy music. Yeah. Um, so he's running with that shit. Yeah, I love that riff. And then you don't hear that in the second movie. I think that's what's lacking in the second. We're missing the guitar riff of him getting. James Bond thing. So yeah. he's running with that real dog, and Brolin is going to catch up with him with a baseball bat. His car's flooded. We get a big chase scene. And now this movie is made for $11 million. The stunts in this in this movie are pretty excellent. Yeah, because he zips around in that car. like. I mean, you get yeah, a blatant stunt guy with Josh Brolin. Yeah. He's on top of the car, and he's swerving around. But that's okay. Well, he, he bashes the car, so it forces Ace to stick his head out the window, and that leads to more wacky driving and yeah. you know, stunts. And yeah. we have to mention, the, the, ra- the rate of one-liners in this puts like a Chuck Lorre sitcom to shame. <laughs> the quality of it 
like uh, just the assholes may be closer than they appear are just yeah. it's you know? alive yeah. you just get one after the other it, after the in, other yeah in the first five minutes you get the loser he's got five catchphrases <laughs> in this movie yes there's one thing that Jim <laughs> Carrey loves to do instant catchphrase yeah. in Tom Shadyac movies it's, it's try to institute catchphrases I watch Bruce Almighty he's got five in that one <laughs> yeah what is the B-E-A beautiful and he goes it's good it's good yeah <laughs> that whole thing oh god uh, uh, the, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, he just collects his catchphrases and he's like, Tom, I'm ready to do another movie now. I think I got a new character. So Ace is no exception. He's the the, the impetus, the beginning of all this uh, these catchphrases. Oh, that's part of the character's cockiness, too. Yes. And uh, so he gets away. He gets away with the Shih Tzu. And he, mission accomplished. He visits a very chesty woman at uh, her place and gives the dog back. Now, this movie came out in 1994. It's a sex scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't turn nine until December of that year. So when I saw this movie for the first time, I was eight years old. There's a story about that. And there's a story? Yeah, when we were kids, you guys went to go see the movie. And I didn't because I like I talked back at dinner. So you guys, you they're like... You you and mom were like, you're not going to see Ace Ventura then? And then I was like, fine. And then you guys went to go see the movie. He's like, Dan, do you want to come go see Ace Ventura? And I was too stubborn or proud. And I was like, nope. Nope, so I, I don't. Stayed, I stayed home with grandma. You guys went to go see in the theater. Uh-huh. And I watched The Jerk while you guys were seeing Ace Ventura. So we both saw some pretty uh, brilliant comedy movies that night. <laughs> not bad. Yeah. But so, yeah, I remember in this scene being like, okay, because like... At eight years old, you kind of have a very, very vague idea of sex, I think. Yeah. You, you kind of know that something At happens. That age. You have no idea what it is. Probably but makes you giggle. Yeah. Adults, something to do with genital Adults touching. do something together, and yeah. it involves kissing and something, mm-hmm. I guess, below the waist. Yeah. So I had at least that much knowledge in my head. So I had no idea what this lady was doing to him. But what always got me more as a child... I still I, don't know what he's, she's doing to him. I mean, I know what she's doing. She said, his yeah. movements are very uh, exaggerated. Yeah, but what always caught me as a kid, and what I never understood, even more so than whatever that whatever that lady's doing, what is he holding on to? I never yeah, understood like where his arms were. Ceiling lamp. Yeah, yeah, I never got it, and that always perplexed me way more than anything that that woman could be doing to him that I had no clue about. Oh, we'll Eddie, have to find some outtakes. I'm not gonna crack this way open, but I'm just gonna say it's the weirdest BJ I've ever seen. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he's grabbing onto the ceiling. Yeah, he's literally, be, it's like uh, Jaws is like black, attacking black and Decker BJ there. Yeah. <laughs> So moving on. It's all it's a cartoon. Okay, so we yeah. already know. Yeah, that's another thing we've learned by this point is that Ace Ventura is a living cartoon. Yeah. Much like his next character, Stanley Ipkiss. But um, so, so after the opening, we get a mysterious dolphin napping scene uh, at uh, mm-hmm. what is it? What's the Dolphin Stadium? Is that just Joe Roby Stadium? Joe Roby. Roby. Yeah. Thank you, Roby or Robbie. And their whichever. dolphin is stolen, and but they they take it and they put it on this like little pedestal thing. And they put it in the back of a truck, but there's no water in the back of that truck. I think you can, if you spray down, or maybe okay. they got some buckets or something, you could probably keep it trip. alive yeah. long enough. I guess so. Snowflake lives long enough to get dolphin napped by these guys at the stadium. And, and now here's the other thing too, like about this movie, like I. If you don't, if you're like me and you don't follow sports at all, like I don't know the significance of this dolphin. I'm like, why is there? You know, I mm-hmm. of course I've seen this movie many times, so I understand it now. But as a kid, I'm like, why is what's there? A dolphin? We'll get there, but I, I felt the exact same way even during this viewing. What is the significance of the dolphin? And it's dropped in just one nice, well placed line later in the movie. 
And that's it. He kicks field goals. Hey. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> um, well, he does it in the opening, I believe. That's true. So Dolphin, the Snowflake the Dolphin is known for kicking field goals. That's his specialty. And that's important. So Yeah. Um, next scene, Ace shows up at his apartment with some pet Racing food. down the road yeah. with bald tires just... Uh, practically a bumper car yeah and that's what i like i we one of the, the things that made me laugh watch in this more recent viewing was just like man they're just the the carelessness of the way he's driving around is well we get a new catchphrase really funny and to that's me. uh like a glove yeah <laughs> yeah that one i don't know if that sticks <laughs> ace but the attitude is there mm-hmm cocky ace yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he the landlord who was played by one of the Mark coolest, Margolis. one of the coolest heavies that you could have in a movie. Absolutely, he's, oh, from, he's a good uh, bad guy. Hector Salamanca from uh, Breaking <laughs> yeah. Bad. Uh, he's there and he plays Mister Shikadans. Wow. That's his name. The first of many great names in this. movie. We always talk about great names. This movie is a treasure trove of great names. Yeah, this one it's trumps. Uh, this is Spinal Tap, yeah. definitely in <laughs> terms of the quality of fake names in this. Ace one. Ventura and Mister Shikadans so far. So yeah, he uh, he he kind of has this confrontation as he's about to enter his apartment. Before that, he grabs this uh, to you know not be seen by the landlord. He grabs this big giant like leaf of some kind. Palm, window, yeah. palm frond. Yeah, oh, palm, that's what it is. Okay, yes. all right. It's a type of palm our, tree. Uh, and the resident botanist of the group. <laughs> no, what's um, funny is he has a pile of these. I was just gonna yes. say that's the best part. Is there's, there's, there's like. An everyday occurrence. Anytime right. he walks past, it, it's it's unspoken. It just happens. You can tell it. He's done it a, a dozen times before. So and this is interesting because you you've seen the deadbeat and the landlord always like, "Where's my rent?" But in this time, not only is it "Where's my rent," but it's also no pets in, allowed. And why would Ace live here if he's an animal lover? I <laughs> yeah. guess it's hard to find good uh, living quarters in Florida. There. Yeah, in I don't Florida. know what a pet detective makes, but on his salary, that's about his best. And that's a shitty apartment. So we can... when they show that panning shot, like man. <laughs> Yeah. That's a dump. We get some info about a little subplot that I find really interesting is that, that albino pigeon that he's after. He says, Mr. Shikadance, I'll pay you as soon as I find this albino pigeon. Check out check out this flyer. It's $10,000 reward. Yeah. He's like, fine, whatever. Just what, what's with all this pet food? You know, he says it's for fiber. Mm-hmm. But then he has this signal with the keys. Right. All the animals in his apartment are so smart and well-trained that they know to hide during this, this little jingle, this cue. Yeah. So he opens the place up. Mark Margolista comes and sniffs around and goes, Just Which don't let me catch you in here with any hand. That place had to smell like a zoo. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. You can't hide the smell of that. Yep. And here's the other thing, too. Does the landlord not question why there's a doggy door at the <laughs> fridge? Like, that's it. a strange uh, <laughs> modification to make to an appliance. Yeah. So, anyway, Ace Ventura somehow gets away with it, slams the door right in his face. Great shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just Boom. millimeters from his nose. And then he calls out all the animals. We get yeah. an otter in the toilet, a skunk in the hamper, an iguana in the drawer, three penguins in his freezer. Oh. It's Mr. Popper's penguins. It's, Popper. it's a prequel. Oh. Yeah. Um, my favorite is the squirrel in the planter's can, personally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the the best visual of that whole montage. If you now, will. did he do the key thing in the number two? No. Also, he was never in his no. home in number two. Oh, he was okay. already in across. A yeah, he was... Yeah. Uh, on a mountain, and then he was oh, right. in a the, temple. The Weird <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> really strange. After that cliffhanger, I think, uh, parody opening. That's the second movie. Anyway, uh, we get some exposition with this snowflake situation. The boss is Raymond uh, Courtney Cox and Roger Podactor. Courtney Cox plays uh, Melissa... 
Uh, I forget uh, last Robinson, name. I think. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melissa and Roger Pedactor. They Pedactor. Were... <laughs> Here we go. Name number two. Great. Roger Pedactor. So, yeah, they're getting reamed by, I don't know, the coach or the manager of this General team. manager. Probably, probably owner. Probably yeah. Owner of the team. He says, find that dolphin or find new jobs. So the clock is ticking. Right. And we, clearly the manager guy doesn't give a shit whatsoever about anything but his Super Bowl. He's right. got one of these voices where his S's are all did like you, this. Did you ever see the uh, last Boy Scout? He played a, a football like oh, a, a manager in that one, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have an expertise that I can bring to your picture, <laughs> Mr. Shady Hat. <laughs> So I speak um, with experience. I got a player who hasn't washed his jockey strap yeah. in three years because yeah, he thinks flies are lucky. So it's he's a doing jock like strap, not a jockey strap. Yeah, yeah. he's doing like shtick for these people too. He's not only is he reaming them out, but he's like got a vaudevillian uh, wit to him. Got a tight five. <laughs> so he says it's two weeks before the Super Bowl. Tick tick tick. Time bomb. Time bomb. We also get the theme of uh, superstition, and that's kind of. I don't know. It's there. Just well, you're the film student, so nah, I mean, is there I mean, something that plays out really. that I don't really... No, even really. Pedactor hides his rabbit foot, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. That, just for that scene, I would say. So it's not really no. a theme in the movie. Uh, no. So, uh, luckily for Pedactor and Melissa, as they're leaving, just as they're leaving, some lady name drops like a pet. You should find a pet detective. Right. It's like, oh, how convenient. Oh, there's a, there's he, a job for this very, her. Yeah. yeah, this very situation. So this lady, yeah, I guess she was employed Ace Ventura previously. Well, mm-hmm. And he mentions that in the next right. scenes. The bitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And that's how they're going to seek him out. So we get to see pigeon attempt number one on the roof of his building or a building, mm-hmm. and he almost dies. Yeah, he falls into a dumpster from the roof. He tries to dive after the pigeon. And doesn't right into get it. Courtney Cox's arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets a page on his beeper. A pa- nice, oh yeah, that's uh, one beeper. of the. One, there's something that dates this movie. That's great. Uh, and then he does a like a glove at the stadium. Uh, I think this is the intro to like a glove. Yeah, actually. that's the first. Sorry, like a yeah. glove. The stunts in this, I'm going to say it again. Well done for an $11 million movie. Yeah. So he goes and eats sunflower seeds in uh, Melissa's office. They watch some uh, footage of Snowflake kicking a field goal. And yeah, this is the explanation that he... This is all the information he needs about Snowflake and all the information we as a non-sports viewing audience need for Snowflake. We learn that he's a very special dolphin who can do all sorts of tricks... Yeah. At the hands of M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. I'm sorry, he bears a passing resemblance to M. Night Shyamalan. That's not racist, what but it's twist. true. What a twist, Jerry. They, uh, so he goes and checks out the tank. Am I missing anything except for the sunflower joke with it in its teeth? He says, I don't smoke, it's a disgusting habit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they go to the tank. And he does some some Star Trek impressions. Yeah, but he's checking but, out the empty tank. But he can he can track vehicles. He's a good detective. He says he the tire tracks. That's from a van. It's backloaded. It's like okay, Ace Ventura. He knows to go into the filter of the tank yep. rather than just checking out the tank. Oh, he checks everything out. He he right. did, he does some real detective work. He does everything short of like saying this is a crime scene. I need to and set this some great up. character work because now yeah. he doesn't do the Star Trek impressions. But after he finds the stone in the tank, he does like this. French trainer guy? No. Snooty? No, 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 sir. What? You, how did you watch this movie? Oh, I uh, watched it uh, 
on uh, Netflix. You watched it on Netflix because Did I the, just French, imagine that the scene? French trainer scene is actually not in the theatrical cut. Oh. And that's actually not on the version of Netflix. But mm-hmm. for years, I mean, I was so surprised when we were watching the scene. Is he doing uh, Jacques Cousteau? No, no, no. Because no. what happens is he's really checking out the French filter and everything. And w- they water. added this scene for the home video and DVD uh, release where he does this I am Plano like, of Dolphins yeah are you a dolphin do you think like dolphin that's not in the theatrical cut okay. and it's also not in the version that like the ver- that's why I specifically watched it on Netflix because I was like if I put in my DVD I know I'm going to get the scene which was not in the theatrical cut that's interesting so yeah like it's so weird though because like probably anybody who grew up with this movie knows that scene like you know the yeah. the like the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the dolphin scene, you know, like that's it's a pretty funny yes. scene that we all remember, but it's not in the that's, wow. theatrical version. So, so yeah. I uh, imagine it this viewing because I just, it wasn't there. It's because you're so used to it, yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like never. There's very few times where like I used to watch extended cuts of movies and like mm-hmm. the unrated versions, but. Once I watched the Dumb and Dumber unrated version, I was like, no, I can't do this anymore because that just fucked with the whole pacing that I loved about the movie. And it's like, I finally understood what Star Wars fans would get pissed off about when they watch, like, the George Lucas re-edits. I was like, oh, I get it. Like, you're fucking with something from your childhood. It's weird that it took Dumb and Dumber to relate that to me, but... Mm. And I got to give uh, the writers credit. Uh, I think there was... Two or three on this one, mm-hmm. and uh, what an obscure clue! You know, a little orange triangle, amber yeah. stone from a Super yeah, Bowl I don't or know a championship ring. That's like really obscure. It's and, unique to, uh, but it, it totally to sells the whole plot line. Yeah, yeah it, the fact that it's the, a very rare amber mm-hmm. stone that he finds in the filter, and he only finds it by accident, right? Because of uh, Marino, I believe. Marino somehow gets his arm around. Or he or no, it's, a Ronald, it's Ronald Cam. Yeah, we, Cam. Well, he, oh, he, Cam. He, he, right. Cam. he yeah. finds the stone. He That's doesn't know what right. the stone is, but he's like, I found something. Right. I, I'm not sure what this is, but here's my first piece and of evidence to lead me on the, clue, right. on the trail. Yeah. This The score of this movie, the electric guitar, remind, like, did Eric Clapton do this? <laughs> he did lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's very lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> so he goes to... Um, Visit? Does he go to visit the police station at police this point? Station, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is where yeah. he goes to the 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 police station, and the real cops give him shit. We're because introduced he's just, to uh, Aguado. Aguado, another great name. Name number three. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, they're all teasing him for being a, a pet detective. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he owns all of them. He steps on yeah. a bug and he trips him after t- uh, making a joke about porking his wife. And then he he makes some kiss and make up with that bug. So even a, even an insect isn't above uh, the heart of Ace Ventura. That's right. right. And then he hates humans, loves animals and insects. It's fine. And maybe he likes his buddy Emilio, played by Tone Loke, That's rapper right. Tone Loke, killing it, <laughs> doing a great job. He did a great job. No, no I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah. Like he's actually good in this movie. And yeah. like, I, I mean, can't all irony aside because it's Tone Loke. You know, it's he's passe, but no, he's doing a fine job in this movie. Yeah, he passes as a cop. Uh, the famous butt talking scene <laughs> yeah. put Jim Carrey on the map. It really did. Yeah, yeah who'd have yeah. thought? Talking out of your ass was the key to $20 million. Some of the ass's punchlines, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a mint? Perhaps some (laughs) banaca. His ass is a... His ass has good writers. Yes, <laughs> yes, it does. His ass has better writers than uh, his last five movies. Oh. <laughs> Whoa! I know he's. Uh, uh, come on, guys. No, I'm, I'm there with you, man. I don't think I've seen his last five movies. Yeah, yeah that's the point. Uh, Lois Einhorn introduces herself 
And that's mm-hmm. she's played by uh, Sean Young. Sean Young. What All happened right. to Sean Young? Well, Sean Young killed her own career. Yeah. yeah. Was it the Batman thing? Yes. Yeah. Really? Is that really that bad to yes. cosplay as Catwoman and show up at Tim Burton's in house in 1990? Yeah. Yeah, probably in 2018. Little... No, now it's exactly. Like, now yeah. it's like, oh shit, give her a reality show. Right, yeah. Give but me a camera so we can do Sean the, Young. The you're just a product right of the wrong time. That's you know what right. it is, that's Sean it. Young? You Born need to find early. a publicist to market you better. That's what that's it is. Right. They need to sell you as a crazy actress. Yeah. Who, like that's somebody she, worth seeing. You, well, I don't Sean see needs her. to be good to Sean. I don't need. Yeah. I want to see Sean Young go the way of Margot Kidder, and I guess she kind of did, yeah. just kind of mild. I don't know. I, I think Sean Young would be just wonderful on uh, American Horror Story. Okay, yeah, I can see it. She there. could pull that off. Sure. Yeah, if Sarah Paulson needs a break to, too. She uh, yeah. she kind of looks like her too. But they do, they do tend to use you know like uh, actors whose time has kind of like. That's true. I mean, yeah. they gave Travolta something to do for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like OJ trial. <laughs> <laughs> was that good, that OJ? Oh, yeah. People vs. OJ Simpson? That's a great... You dug it? I loved it, so I didn't... Yeah, that's, I asked Dan. I was like, have you seen it? He's just like, no, I saw the whole thing play live. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't need that. Like, I, that's a good point. I mean, what about that Versace? I heard that Versace's good. It's like a, someone says it's like a same, gay American psycho, people. which is really interesting. Well, that, that has a Chicago storyline, too, because yeah. Versace's gay lover, one of them, was actually from the Chicago area. And uh, he went to Florida to, to off him. Yeah. <laughs> So well, anyway, <laughs> back to Ace Ventura. Yeah, um, um, he he shows his skills in this scene by kind of correcting. She refers to it as a porpoise. We'll let you know when we find the porpoise. Right. He says, Which "Yeah, is- that makes me feel better." Except it's not a porpoise; it's a dolphin. He rattles off like all these facts about it. And here's my thing: it's like nobody. And we needed nobody that. mistakes. You know, you don't look at that creature and say, "Oh, that's a porpoise, right?" No, you're going to make the mistake that it's a dolphin. They wrote, so to me, know, it's they like, kind of wrote it into the uh, yeah it's, conveniently, so he can. It's a little her. convenient there, but I, I to me, it was it can also be played off like she's deliberately being neglectful about it. Like I don't give a like, shit about yeah, your little case yeah, or something like that. Like Could have known and still called it a porpoise. Yeah, it still but, works. But his his bit of taking the deep breath and then spewing it all out in one. I, I know I've seen it before by mm-hmm. a comedian, but I could not place where. Mm. But he, he did it. He pulled it off way better and way longer than the previous yeah. one. He masters it in but liar his, liar. His rewind thing uh, was totally Robin Williams. Oh man, the rewind. Oh yeah, the rewind. Did that we on get comic there. Relief. Yeah. That's, he's he's great in this. Come on. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. No, I, I mean, you know, he borrows agree. from others, but he pulls it off better. Yeah. And uh, some could say that that's how Robin Williams <laughs> worked yeah. in the comedy club, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but anyway, basically we learned that Lois Einhorn don't give a shit about Ace Ventura. It's a real nice, quippy no. conversation they have. It's like, how would you like it if I made your life a living hell? It's like, well, I, I'm not ready for a relationship, Lois. Oh, it's yeah. Bam, bam, bam. Man, there's sexual tension can be oh. cut with a knife. <laughs> yep. So he leaves and he goes to a rock club. Well, and, a punk club, yeah, yeah. a metal club, and Cannibal Corpse, Cannibal yeah. Corpse, which, yeah. which was a Jim Carrey request oh, to have it? them in this movie. Sure. He's a, he's a yeah. personal fan of Cannibal Corpse, really, and wanted yeah. them in this movie. Interesting. And, There's yeah. other other actors who have done that same thing. That's yeah. wow. I just I don't picture Jim Carrey as a uh, metalhead at all, right? Yeah, and he was 31 when he made this, something like that. Young, like 30, yeah, 30 yeah. 31. Ah, uh, man, it's pretty. And I'm going to be 30 in April, so right? shit. <laughs> But he goes to the cool lair in the basement. He visits uh, Woodstock, great name. Yeah, hacker hippie Greg. uh, (laughs) At least I have seen a dozen times in other movies too. I don't know if his name is actually. He's he you know he jokingly asks some guy who's like headbanging if Greg is here, and the guy's like you know because he's you know nodding. So 
Yeah, like, I don't know. I was like, maybe this guy's real name is Greg. But anyway, he calls him Woodstock. He works as a great, like, if, if Ace Ventura's Bond, then he's a great cue to his Bond. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you his, need to have a cue. His definitely. two pairs of glasses that he wears. Oh, I love the wow. double glasses. That's a great little character. Like, you know, hey. that's the thing. Like, if you saw somebody cosplaying as Woodstock, you'd be like, oh, he got both yep. pairs of glasses. Yep. That's what makes the costume. Yep. And he's a pet lover, too. He's a petty, like uh, Ace, you can tell, because of his, a uh, couple of his lines. You know? Yeah, yeah, he... Uh, Just he, watching the fishes, old man, old <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he deliberately sends a whaling fleet wrong coordinates I'm sending together. Sending new directional yes. coordinates. <laughs> They'll find Jimmy Hoffa before they find any humpback whales. That, like that. So to be that guy's petty. friend or like a girlfriend or something like that, I get so sick of that cadence. I couldn't. <laughs> Where do you want to go to dinner tonight? <laughs> I'm having a great old day just watching the fishes. Please pass the potatoes. I wouldn't mind a little gravy too. Thank you. Yes, I will have a seaweed wrap. Thank you very much. How long them tires gonna be? Should I go across the street? He's <laughs> getting his tires. Yeah. He drives a hippie van. Oh. So he's uh he okay. So, I'll be back in five minutes. I'm, I'm, st- I'm gonna get I'm gonna get stuck talking like that. So um, you call me. <laughs> And I'll come back. You say you're going to be here between 9 a.m. and 5.30. <laughs> if he was in the cable guy as a cameo. Well, how convenient for me. So, he, this is great great detective work in this movie. All I could think of is Woogie and something about Mary. You want some Toll House? Is there some like Buttercup? No, no, but if that guy played Toll House? A whole different character. Let's make some cookies. <laughs> So, um, you ever have a, a white hat on your eyeball, Mary? <laughs> Will you sign this pump for me, Brett Favre? So, um, he gives uh, the, the good detective work in this movie because what he yes. does is Woodstock finds out that there's a, an unusual amount of supplies that are being sold to a civilian who yes. is a billionaire named Ronald Camp who happens to be de- uh, connected to the Dolphins because he gave the owner land for their stadium. This is all connected. Well, not only that, yeah. and he's a rare fish collector. Hot right. lead. Hot lead. Right. Hot lead. He's totally a. a- MacGuffin, <laughs> and it's a great, it's beautiful. MacGuffin. But yeah, it That's... leads him to the next crucial piece. And the shark, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie. Yeah. this movie's pretty like like story structure wise, pretty well written. Yeah, that's what, that's one of the, all kinds of credit. And that's one of the things I think why it holds up is because the mystery itself is as solid as it could be for a comedy like. Yeah, that. and yeah. the twist. Mwah. Yeah, you yeah. don't. You don't even feel. You know, even if it is contrived a little bit, you still you don't feel like taken by it. I don't feel you know? that. Like yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. If anything, yeah. The only thing that really comes off as contrived is some of Ace's behavior. Yeah. Be, you know, in reference or in uh, reaction to somebody else. But so anyway, they go to Ron's party. He's having his one of his "I'm the richest man in the universe" party. <laughs> so Ace says, "I got to get myself a date." And you know, luckily Melissa works for the Dolphins, and you know Ron's connected to the Dolphins, so she happens to know him. I thought that's just the tiniest bit contrived, but let's like this is a tight movie. We got to keep it going. Yeah. So well, I'm he probably fine. has season tickets, so she probably knows him. Sure. Like, there's some believability to right. it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. They made it plausible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the myth is not busted. It's plausible. And Udo Kier is Ronald Camp, the billionaire. Mm. I like Udo Kier. I he's, don't know uh, who the fuck this good. guy is. He's he's a 
And he's been uh, the bad guy in other movies, yeah. you know, kind of the Christoph, Christoph Waltz kind of guy. Exactly. He's like yesterday's Christoph Waltz in a way. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got the limp and the cane, which I thought was a nice character touch. That, it's not even yeah. that necessary. No, it doesn't. Well, it, it debunks the the odds of him being the thief. Yes, though. but then I, I I kind of thought it was a fake limp. You know, it might have been well, as part of the storyline. You, you know, one thing it didn't turn out to be. You could also argue that the person who is fucking around in the tank and kind of gets injured a little bit in the process. Uh, which, so maybe you can like, like this is your head, maybe this is a uh, to the you know, a thieving Absolutely. related uh, injury. So okay, now we talked just before we started recording. I said Ace Ventura is an asshole in this. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I don't think he's that big of an asshole, but th- okay, I'm going to tell you why he's an asshole and it's this scene particularly. He puts on this asshole lawyer persona as Tom Ace. Yeah, he so. threatens a, like a class action lawsuit against like the the food court quality of the party none of this is necessary yeah none of it he doesn't well, need to fuck with it or uh, threaten the lawsuit timely. With but again the, the comic timing as dad pointed out it's kind of because he thinks this guy stole the fish so maybe he's like i don't i suspect this he guy so i'm not going to be nice to this guy you okay. know you know he kind of gives him shit as best he can i guess you're right Guilty so so why evidence is in so he thinks the violinist is connected to Ronald Camp that he fucks with on the way to the <laughs> yeah that was the one where i was like well, yeah, well i lost that it's debate. camp's <laughs> party it's camp's party all right i can't still but it was like that, you said dad going back like the, there's a little contrived but it's all everything's believable to a certain degree too. I don't think there's hardly a moment lost in this movie that did not add and help to them. It's a well thought out movie too, I guess. Right. Um, Didn't we, we got a shade of Dumb and Dumber with the bathroom scene. He goes into the bathroom, climbs out the window mm -hmm. and comes upon uh, Camp's secret shark tank. Yeah. Yeah. Does all these unnecessary maneuvers there, where it's like you know, lean it up against a wall. There's like, there's nobody out here. He's just doing all this stuff for himself, wasting time though. All the Mission Impossible theme plays in the background. You got to give the people, if not anything, close to ninety minutes. Yeah. (laughs) So um, he investigates the fish collection, and instead of finding snowflake, he finds a shark. Yeah, he gets attacked by the shark. Dude just bought a shark. Like mm-hmm. that's what I love about Ronald Camp. Dude's so wealthy. He's just like, I would like to buy a shark also yes. for the. Just, yes. Does he have a name, or should Se- I just call him Secret lawyer? Shark. Should I just call him <laughs> Shark? <Yeah. laughs> so, it, so Ace is dead. Uh, he gets yeah. by a shark. <laughs> by all rights, should be dead. Uh, he comes back to the party though, and no blood, no scars. He just has torn pants. Yeah, I feel red. like they're. Well, it's, I guess it would be contradictory because I was going to say there should be something where he, you know, gets the the physical edge on the shark, but I guess he wouldn't want to hurt the shark. So it's, yeah. it is a little strange. How did he get out of there? Yeah, they should have had him holding a shark in a chokehold or something, yeah. having it pass out. Yeah. Maybe they cut it down or I don't know. Yeah. Do not go in there is what he says. Yeah. That's his big punchline for that scene. And then he oh. does, then they button it with that uh, water in the, the pocket. Water in yes. The pocket I thought that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great in the movie, but then it's, it's funny because I remember it's watching home videos and it was one of those things where it's like, uh, you'd watch the mask, and there's like a trailer for like v- you know Ace Ventura now on video, and it's like he would do the pocket thing, mm-hmm. and the VHS cover oh would come out of his God. pocket. No, it did. I swear to God, it's just no, like it just like in the mask where he has that tiny little horn that like oh makes the car glass. But same thing. He'd squeeze that little horn, and the mask cover would come oh. out towards the screen. The like nineties. Oh. I love the nineties. <laughs> Shameless promotions. Yeah. Oh God. 
So um, <laughs> he, so they leave the party on their way out. Yeah, is when we get the ring. He puts two and two together. He shakes Ronald. He Camp's kisses hand his hand and happens to yeah. see him wearing the ring, and then quickly starts looking at it. Yeah, and then I guess. He knew enough about this ring yes. already. Light bulb moment. Yeah. He's got a good line before that. He says, if I had been drinking out of the toilet, I might have been killed. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway. Which is another reference to him being Tom Ace or whatever, the, the lawyer right. who feeds off of uh, yeah. food-related food Yeah. Uh, Ace learns the Stone of the Tank belongs to a 1984 championship ring. Uh he he just puts he finds it in a, a book like a kind of like a sports um, encyclopedia because Melissa place. just happens to have sports yeah. encyclopedias. I mean, I guess right. she's good at her job. Well, but they're kind of in a file room at the stadium, aren't they? When they I think no, at first place. at first they go back to her place, oh, and, her and place that's when he looks at the book and, okay, and explains yeah. to her that what and the ring is a team photo too. Yes, yeah, yeah. still kind of still works. Let's we got to keep yeah. it moving. So they yeah. cue cue the funny montage. Of uh, him trying to look at all the ex players from that championship because he figured out, ring. yeah, whoever's missing a stone from their ring is obviously the person who stole Snowflake because mm-hmm. this ring, yeah. this this stud or this uh, stone is only in this ring. Therefore, you know, put if you find the person missing it, we got your your uh, your criminal. Now I know jack and shit about sports, so those I don't are the know two, any of these Those are the players. only two things I know about sports too. I just know that Dan Marino is amongst the group, maybe. Is, uh, who's running? No, is that's it, say, uh, every, Sanders? Is every it other, Sanders? Like every other... No, that's... That's not him. No. Uh, just it, like every other person that they showed was an actual football player. The, the others were just actors. One thing I was be. I was interested in was the gay encounter when he's at the urinal and he looks at one of the players to see the ring and uh, he's into it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, A, is that a real player? And B, is he really gay? Uh, the answer is yes, he's a real player. His name is Jeff Ulenhake. <laughs> And he was a center, and he's not gay, so he played along for the bit. That's pretty bold of him. He pranced (laughs) out with his limp wrists, and uh, that's... What else happens? He's uh, running on a track with a player. I want to know what happened to the... Can't keep up, so he chloroforms him. I want to know what happened to the guy that he's just arm wrestling in a bar. Like, what's that? (laughs) That guy's a former NFL player. Like, what's he doing with his life? Fake beard and mustache on or something? Like, he's lumberjacking it up? It was like a very... uh, The movie Over the Top with uh, Sly (laughs) The guy's arm is as big as Jim Carrey's whole torso, so it's like, he's not going to win this thing. Oh, just... Pet, like placed in that montage to see like to cut to him with the big beard and like oh, yeah. this is funny to me uh, he gets punched in the face by whip snapping a towel at one of the players in the shower yeah. so he gets punched in the forehead yeah. he's counting the indentations <laughs> in his forehead good bit one yeah. guy flips him off and wears his ring yeah. on his middle finger which is a little strange <laughs> like weird. that's that's not the right finger. now here's my thing he he dresses up as a pimply faced teenager and he goes to an autograph <laughs> yes. signing with Dan Marino and another player why didn't he just go there had to be signings for more of these players. Just go to those. It, it, it has to be easier than getting punched in the face. Or waiting in a mailbox for somebody who may <laughs> or, or may not have a ring on. He will go to great lengths to save Snowflake. But yeah. it's a funny montage. Uh, and uh, Aerosmith's playing. It's fun. <laughs> but uh, but it leads to nothing. All of the all of the faces are crossed mm-hmm. off. Um, and so he's, he's all he's pissy about he's it. He's frustrated. He's distraught. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he's a dick to Courtney Cox. Oh, he's a total dick to her. <laughs> he calls in this her scene. fatty. And Just because he's bag. pissed about not getting anywhere with his investigation. But the he like she's like I she's just she 
sums it up. She says, I think you just don't know how to express your anger. And he says, yeah, and you're ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so she leaves. Because he relates more he to animals. He has one way of expressing it. Like, so he's buddy with the dogs. Like, you like her? Yeah, I like her. And he's like, uh, and I was mad at him. And then he gets up to apologize. So like, okay, good. He's a good dude. He's yeah. fine. He just had a bad uh, moment there. Yeah. A really bad moment. And then shit gets real in this movie. Yeah, Pedactor's dead. This was Melissa just a... gets the call. This is a wacky yeah. comedy up until this point, but then some sad Eric Clapton music. It's oh, Lethal yeah. Weapon. It is Lethal Weapon, man. It's just, it's the opening scene of Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Roger Pedactor just did some it's Clorox Christmas. by mistake it's and Christmas-y. jumped out the window. Um, so at, at Roger Pedactor's apartment, Ace blows the case wide. He shows his like mad skills and he uh, right in front of Einhorn in front of Aguado in front of E everybody um, he gets a lot of satisfaction out of this scene or I do too yeah so he goes up there and uh, he checks out the railing and Einhorn's there like who let Dr. Doolittle in get the fuck out of here you're an idiot you're out of your league he's like yeah maybe you're right except uh there's double pane glass in the window, yeah, yeah. and there's scream could had to come from inside the apartment. Yada yada. He just blows Blood it on the open. railing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He blows it wide open, and uh, I, I get a lot, I get a lot of satisfaction on this scene, and I, I know why. It's because Ace is such a like a nonconformist. He's cut from his very own cloth, mm-hmm. and he's showing all these average Joes who think they know more that he's got the yeah. skills, and I just. Like right on, dude. It's 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 right. the thing where it's like you could be a total asshole as long as you're good at your job, mm-hmm. and that's and you're kind smart. of it's kind of like uh, it's the, it's the Michael Scott thing. It's like he's a moron, but he's good at sales, and that's why he is where he is. You know? Yeah. Tone low practically high fives him at the end. Yeah. yeah. It's an, it's I'm a, just hanging out here. <laughs> and he calls them losers, losers, and of course. Uh, Courtney Cox is into this, you know. She saw his skills up she's, close and she's personal. Been yeah, yeah. Uh, they have an intimate, mo- intimate moment where he tells her about a, a dog story, and which so we can get to that punchline of oh, him barking in her face. How basically. many? First of all, like, have you, I I will one hundred percent admit to not only doing this for people mm-hmm. that dog story, but it working on somebody before. <laughs> like people would be like, oh yeah, do that like the thing because they knew that I could quote it. Uh-huh. But like it actually worked on somebody one time in my life. I, I made a girl like <laughs> oh. scream because she didn't know that part was coming, and she was so taken by the story. I was like ten years old. Oh my god, <laughs> ripping off. Nothing uh, came pickups of it. from Did yeah. Jim Carrey. Didn't make any difference at all. Um, we also get a lot of info here about Rafe. Finkel, who was not on Ace's initial list of uh, former ring holders from 84. Right. And uh, I find out that Ray Finkel is a former kicker, and he blew a big kick during uh, Super Bowl 17. The kick. Two seconds left. Yes. Five seconds left or something. And hold on to that, guys. Because now you got a strong motive. you got a strong motive. And you're like, what the hell? This this is all connected somehow. That's right. Or at least that's what Ace is deducing. Ace says, i got to check out this Ray Finkel guy. You know, this probably might be connected. So he goes up to he goes to Ray's old neighborhood, his old. Uh, oh, we haven't gotten there yet no? because what happens is he tells Melissa that she should not oh, stay alone. Oh, of course they hook up, right. and we get this crazy, this crazy, insane sex scene. If I mean, if it's yes. like you know, it's James Bond, so it's like he's got to be good at it. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy. I was expecting uh, her to say more than three times. Said, huh? Oh my god, three times! I was like. Another thing I never understood. I was like, what does three times mean? <laughs> At eight years old, I'm oh, like, yeah, I get they're kind of doing something. It doesn't, like, nothing about what they're doing they're, looks like sex. So I'm like, I don't understand the mechanics of it. They're yeah. just rolling around under a sheet. Yeah. They're, they're reading comic books with yeah. a flashlight. <laughs> 
That's what is that what you told Jared when you guys said <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Jared knew. It vaguely knew. I was like, they're having sex, I just don't get it. I don't know yeah. what it means. All the animals are watching, it's kind of funny. Oh, the bird taps it. his like foot and the bird shakes his head around. <laughs> Um, um, and then this is, a, it's after he hooks up with her, that's when he goes to... Yeah. And, uh, I was watching, do you guys do subtitles on Netflix? Sometimes, okay. very rarely. Yeah. I, I was watching it with subtitles, and when he goes to, uh, Ray Finkel's, uh, house, there's a bunch of stuff written on it. Yeah. And the subtitles say what's <laughs> I written. I saw that! I really? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a mule can't kick. And it's, it's right below on the where screen! That written. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It was, if you're uh, deaf, you could still have read the, the wall in <laughs> yeah. the scene. Exactly. So that, I thought that was funny. Yeah, uh, the old house was all spray painted with uh, stuff because uh, he missed the kick. Exactly. A lot of people had a lot of money on it, apparently. Oh. His old town, they it said home of Ray Finkel, but they crossed out the F and they put S-T. It's Ray Stinkle. It's a real, like, Twin Peaks Which also had a subtitle. Get... Yeah. <laughs> Ray Stinkle. Yeah. Oh, God. So I wish I would have watched that now. Ace, Ace knocks on the door and Ray Finkel's dad points a shotgun at him. A nice double barrel. And yeah. the crazy mom shows up, and she's she like one. She's got this eye thing going on. Yeah, she's one. Eye, she's the uh, back she's in the past. Too. She, yeah. What is she? Wasn't she a librarian in Ghostbusters or something I like that? I think you're right. There's a couple Ghostbusters people in this. The mayor <laughs> from Ghostbusters is in this movie for very briefly as the uh, the mental institute. The guy giving Melissa the tour. Uh huh. She was in Pee Wee also, something like that. Maybe. Maybe in Big Top Pee Wee, like one of the old ladies in that. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure about that. The one. one's getting her bloomers. And <laughs> bloomers eaten by the pig. Ace. Or the hippo. Uh, I think it's in here that Ace learns that uh, uh, Ray Finkel escaped the mental hospital. His dad tells him that. Yeah. So or that's the, or the mom. One of them the mom belongs in there too yeah, because yeah. the dad's like, like, no, look, she's crazy. She's making cookies there, thinking that Ray's the engine's coming running, home. but uh, there's nobody behind, behind the wheel. wheel. Oh, good line there. Ooh. Um, in Super Bowl seventeen, he, well, he get she makes cookies and they're footballs with laces out. Laces out is important. important. Yeah, important they thing. Because in uh, Ray Finkel's defense, the laces were in when that kick went down. And it was all Marino's and fault. It was Marino's fault for holding it the way for, he did. Yeah, placing the ball the wrong way. And so Finkel blames Marino, and when Ace goes up to his room, it's a fucking dark part. Oh, of the it's movie. it's because the music. It's creepy, and, and he watches this shit old, written all over the walls. Knives and it, like in like red, it says "Die, Dan, Die." This guy yeah. has real problems. Yeah. But if he hasn't been there for so long. Uh, Suddenly, Ace it starts acting like he's being kidnapped that day. Yeah. But he hasn't been home for years, right? It's true. So, it's, it's well, so. it, it, the, the, yeah, because after this, he's like, we need to get Dan yeah. Marino right away. Like, how do you know Dan Marino hasn't Send been kidnapped already? Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It all happens really fast. But going back, I want to go back here, and I want to give a little backstory here on the character Ray Finkel. I found this out on the Villains Wikia. That <laughs> Ray Finkel is based off Scott Norwood, a Buffalo Bills kicker who infamously missed a last-second field goal on Super Bowl twenty-five. Uh, in 1991, the game footage of Ray Finkel used in the film is actually a 1984 clip of Dolphins kicker U- uh, Uwe Yuvan Shaman, or Uwe maybe. Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of uh, art imitating life a little bit in this movie. I thought that was interesting. Interesting. Really. Yeah. Helps to sell it. Yeah, yeah based mm-hmm. on some reality. That way, and it's and it's like 10 years out from that situation and with no internet in the world at that point people would exactly. be like yeah man, I kind of remember this happening yeah, 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 exactly. yeah there was this the Mandela effect with that yeah. yeah 
So at this point, and I'm, I'm, you guys might be wondering this too. Why, why Snowflake? Why? What's the significance of the dolphin being kidnapped? If Marino is Here's, really the subject of the movie, it's is, their is good luck just, charm. Is is Snowflake just a no pun intended a red herring because of, in favor of the real deal, which is Marino? And then we figure out, and they do this beautifully in a follow up scene when Ace visits Einhorn. We'll get there. He just he basically Here's, says uh, Finkel resents Snowflake because it learned to kick field goals successfully. Right, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, that makes sense. I guess that's, that's envious. enough. Envious that's enough. Of a connecting to B. But here's what I'm wondering: when he flipped, number one, the mom says, "I've left Ray's room just the way he left yeah. it." So Ray has this film in it, like this film strip in his room that he <laughs> right. plays and uh-huh. must be sitting there crying, and that's what motivates the oh, art on the walls. <laughs> yeah, but what struck me so odd about that film strip as you're watching is like you see him miss the kick Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to a shot of Ray Finkel holding a sign that says revenge which he brought to the game with him already like (laughs) where did he get a giant black sharpie to write that so suddenly like he clearly had that sign at the ready that's what I'm saying he's just saying in case Dan Marino holds the laces in I better bring that (laughs) revenge sign with me he's he's got the force in it yeah. yeah. Maybe it's somebody so, else. This happens all really quick. Ace like gets in a chase trying to save Dan Marino from a commercial that's he's being that's being shot. Mm-hmm. And these two football players within the context of the commercial are supposed to carry him out of the scene. But it's it's the thugs that are hired by some mystery villain. Right. And uh and Dan Marino gets kidnapped as Ace shows up. It's all very quick. There's a big chase that ensues. Ace catches a bullet with his teeth. <laughs> He's that good. Yeah, that's um, that's I found that weird. Just like why why is that there? <laughs> didn't fit. It's a yeah. cartoon, I mean. Still. I don't know. <laughs> Dad's not about you know what, you well, pushed it too far with the well, bullet in the just, teeth. I mean it was just another sight gag, but I just wondered why. Were you okay in the mask when he gets when the guy gets shot with the bullets and then shoots was, them back out of his mouth? I was oh, uh, totally Dorian? sold with the mask. I, I knew that when he turned into the mask, it was truly a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. J- Ace is just a little too larger than life for Dan. Ace loses the guys that kidnapped Dan Marino. Dan Marino's gone. It all happens, like I said, really yeah, fast. It's very I, fast. I would say this is probably the biggest contrivance of the movie is just yeah. the suddenness of the kidnapping, learning that Marino is really the guy that he that Finkel really wants. Yeah, the timeline is a little convenient. Yeah. Is, this, basically. is this where he, he follows Einhorn too? Which is very convenient, um, yeah. you know. He, he's just like, he like a cop Einhorn. doesn't know they're being tailed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in this next scene that he visits Einhorn oh, okay. and he tells her the whole thing. He's like, oh, do you, "What right. do you know about Ray Finkel?" And she uses that bathroom really quick. It's like when no. you watch it now, a second viewing, knowing right. that it's a man, you're trying to think about like the but logistics. To me, of well, it. to me, you know how it plays out is actually like mm-hmm. she goes into the bathroom and she's like. I think she, it sounds like she turns on a faucet, mm-hmm. and then as soon as she hears the words Ray Finkel, she's like, all right, let's see yeah. what this is about. She doesn't even get to go to okay. the bathroom. She didn't close the door either. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, I like the tonight on Miami Vice, Crockett gets the <laughs> boss of coffee. That's one of my least favorite jokes no. in the movie, really. Why does that work for I you? I like it because it, it, that's not a, a viable plot for an exciting Miami Vice right. episode. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> here goes the cat. <laughs> so, he disagrees. When, when Einhorn comes back out of the bathroom, she tries to seduce Ace. How, yeah. how does that come about? At no point was Einhorn it's considered he, uh, you yeah, know, it is attracted he, to other men. He proves, oh, you mean... 
Are you talking Finkel or Einhorn? Oh, I, I'm sorry, Finkel. That's well, Finkel yeah, we have Einhorn. Finkel is. We haven't learned that yet. No one's learned that. I, I, but I, why does she try to, you know, nail him on the desk? I'm going to agree with that. If, if we're going to spoil the movie a little bit, uh-huh. uh, at the end, it, it's, it's implied that Einhorn hooked up with the whole office. I would need to see right. that. I need to see her flirting more with like guys in the well, office. See the letter from Pedactor. That's, that's it, that's though. You don't it, see yeah. her like maybe getting a, like her tush grabbed right. by an officer. You don't see her in the corner like oh, flirting. You never with see well, at the end, it's just like if. If she's if she kissed all those dudes at the end and they're all scraping their tongue, like yeah. I need to see more of like all the dudes coming you into her a, life. A montage of that, or no, well, just like in the, just you see this, in and, and then like, you see her kiss Dan Marino at the end too. Like, yeah, she does the yeah. same thing. So it eh. just I don't I don't think she bandies about her sexuality as much as someone who is that pr- supposed to be that promiscuous by the end when everybody's cleaning their mouths. That's all I'm saying. It could also like I when I was a kid interpreted it as that everyone was grossed out by whatever it was that was just revealed because I didn't understand that yeah. either as a kid. Well, we're being a little vague, but it's because I don't want to spoil uh, it. Yet. We're also we're also uh, jumping ahead. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. And I think we've already spoiled it. had to be done. Uh, so he tells Einhorn the whole deal. Einhorn is impressed. Einhorn makes out with the ace on the desk. His Her d- gun digs into his hip. Did you notice that? <laughs> Here's a little... Did you notice the placement of the fruit on her desk? No, it's I didn't. It's a little foreshadowing. Oh. She's got two apples and yeah. a banana on her desk. Oh. That's, see, that's interesting. That to me was like, it's one of those things you don't even notice it until you know it, and now you mm-hmm. see it, and it's like, I can't not see it, and it's mm-hmm. too much for me. Um, it's like that joke uh, is too yeah. stupid. So Einhorn knows that Ventura is good, and he's on to them, and she says, Listen, why don't you leave this to the cops? And he says, Well, I'm on an animal case, so when I find Snowflake, I'll find Marino. She's like, When we find Marino, we'll find Snowflake. So now right. it's on, baby. Ace shows up at Melissa's house in the next scene, like at 2 a.m. or 3 30 in the morning. Oh, okay. Yes. And he says, You got to commit me to the mental hospital. Yes. And then it's the next morning, I guess, which is like, Why didn't you just wait till the morning? And I, I, I thought about yeah. this, and it's once again going back to the is it contrived or is it logical? He had to prepare for that character with her overnight. And oh. then the next morning, they're that, ready to that's go. A good, baby. That's actually a good explanation. Yeah. They're at the Shady Acres Mental Institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Shadyac. Mm-hmm. Eh? Very oh, much yeah, so. I just yeah. had an RES. Yeah. There you go. It's intended. Now, it's intended. Is, is the portrayal, I'm going to, is this insensitive in 2018? Debatably. What? The, the portrayal of, of a mental guy, the, his character that he's playing. The guy in the tutu? Yeah. <clears throat> no, I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think. I first of all, I don't think that this scene would happen today. Yeah, or at least it would fly. not. It would not play out this way. But for 1994, yeah, this was totally fine. But my thing that the, on this viewing, I'm like, how does this doctor? This obviously, this is a really uh, prestigious. Uh, Looks really expensive. You know, yeah, standard. like this is a big hospital yeah. here. How does this supposedly competent doctor not under, just look at this guy and go, "This guy's faking it. Like he's right. he's full of shit." Because Ace Ventura is that good. No, he's not that good to <laughs> so, like. Do, no, he executes a button pattern in super slow mo. It's pretty good. You mm-hmm. now you say it's Robin Williams. The the replay, you know, where he does Let's everything backwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Robin Williams did that on okay. uh, Comic Relief mm-hmm. years before that. Fair enough, but. Ace pulled it off better, and faster, and longer, and more realistic. I don't know how it could be faster and yeah. longer, but um, <laughs> he just pulled it off better. Here's the other thing about this whole scene: mm. we don't accomplish anything in it. He breaks into the storage room, You're right? And he just finds more evidence. He finds the same evidence that he saw at his at his house, like You're crazy. Right. So it's like this this whole You're sequence right. accomplishes the nothing. team photo with Ray Finkel in it. 
Yeah. There was one photo taken at the beginning of the year and another one taken midway through the season. Mm. And he he goes, who is that right there? Oh, that, yeah, she, but that already happened. Oh, I thought it happened in the storage room there. No, no, no. Like that as okay. that is what when he finds a. He's like, who the hell is that? That's what leads him oh. to go to Frinkle's home. Oh, you know what it is, Jer? He finds a newspaper article in the box that alludes to an Einhorn body disappearing. That's what it is. That's the. He that's finds it. that Einhorn and Finkel are connected, but he doesn't know right. how. Right. It, it troubles him for a while because yeah. he's constantly repeating it in Finkel different and locations. Einhorn. Finkel how? and Einhorn. Why? Where? Yeah, that's that's so the scene who? is is still important. But I I was gonna say I knew there's a reason why I don't really like this mental institution scene. It's because not a lot is accomplished, and I'm the mental stuff. Is uh, yeah, it it's it's, okay. it's it's funny physical comedy, but yeah. yeah, like this whole sequence. I mean, he, I forgot that that was the piece of evidence that he learns. He but, sneaks into a cardboard box when the orderlies are fighting yeah. at the door. That yeah. was it's a tense moment. It's uh, there's no way he wouldn't have been found. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, or stepping on the uh, the little. The you know, bubble wrap. Thing. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, he learns they're connected, and then E calls Ace because E does a little investigating himself at the office. He finds a note from Roger. It's like a love note from Roger Pedactor to Einhorn. He says, thanks for a great evening. So it alludes that they had something together. He calls Ace. He says, something ain't stirring the Kool-Aid, Ace. Something ain't stirring the Kool-Aid, And uh, it's... Because uh, you we get to the twist. If you were pulled over by E... Mm-hmm. I'd probably like. How you know how fast you were going back there, sir? Like, I'd be a little scared. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be like, this guy's funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. Why don't you just watch yourself next time? Yeah, watch your speed next time. I can't do that voice for too long. Is that? Is a. Try doing Harvey Fierstein and then Tone Loke. Harvey Fierstein's easier. Harvey Fierstein. That's then, somewhere else in the throat. And then there's, and Tone, then there's Tone Loke, man. That's oh, right. man, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tone is deeper, deeper um, down there. So Tone. this is uh, The Crying Game, which is a big seminal movie uh, in the yeah. early 90s. Like, um, that is like 1990, yeah. I think. I, I could be wrong. And the big, it's a drama with a big twist is that uh, Forrest Whitaker falls in love with a woman. Turns out the woman is a man. Yeah. Now, there wouldn't be an Ace Ventura twist without The Crying Game. Because the, they literally cue the title track from The Crying Game right. in this movie when he learns that Einhorn is indeed uh, Ray Finkel. Because he got the one thing that he needed, the dog's hair, around a <laughs> picture of Ray Finkel, yeah, which right. by the way, the picture of Ray Finkel was Sean Young You're right. in makeup. Yep. With the beard. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. So there's that at least. Right. But yeah, he sees this hair uh, and then he realizes that Einhorn is Finkel. Yep. And he goes crazy because he made right. out with a man. A homophobic and, uh, episode. It's a little transphobic. It's a little homophobic. He throws up. There's a, some gay panic. And I know Brooklyn Nine Nine recently made a funny joke about it. He says, "Oh, I love the movie. It's great. It's just it gets a little transphobic near the end. Only a little, but that's okay. <laughs> a little transphobic. It's still pretty good. Uh, so you know, in 2018, who you know, this is '94, yeah. baby. Yeah, it was uh, a long time ago. Yeah, I still think it's fine. Like, if you learn that you kissed a man and you're a straight man, like I know I might get some flack, whatever." You might be a little uh, uncomfortable about it. Uh, well, also, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't. I don't, I don't think yeah, we're in a very different world now I because would, back then trans people yeah. weren't really like uh, you know you, you don't you, now throw a stone and you'll find a trans person. But yeah. like back then in '94, they weren't really around, and especially because she's not really like 
trying to like convert or anything. She's trying to pass as a woman. You're right. Yeah. I wouldn't. Th- I wouldn't burn my clothes. I'd just be like, oh, right. I kissed a dude. No, yeah. that's All right. exactly what I was gonna say too. You know, I'm secure enough of my manhood that if I found out I kissed a man by I'd shrug it in off. disguise, I would just like, well, that's not gonna happen again. Like, you well, goddamn you for yeah. fooling me. Like you yeah. should have yeah. been honest. I mean, with I would, damn it, sir. I would be in the bathroom. <laughs> damn with, it, sir. With bleach in my mouth or yeah. I wouldn't take a plunger to the face. Yeah. 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 So yeah, okay. I, it is a little offensive then. Um, so yeah, the crying game reference though—that's another thing. Like I know, as nine, eight years old, I'm like, I don't understand the reference. Right, I don't understand. Right. You know, it's a it's a satire, if, almost on a moment that I just didn't get. But and meanwhile, at uh, the hideout, Finkel slash Einhorn taunts Marino. And yeah. Snowflakes uh-huh. there. Yeah. And so is uh, a Butch Nick Nolte and Wayne Newton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're Nick the henchmen who, who kidnapped Dan Marino. And it's all come together. Ray Finkel is Einhorn to kidnap Marino because he holds the grudge against the, the field goal laces in, yada, yada. Uh-huh. And uh, Einhorn's wearing that ring throughout the scene. I didn't notice. If you yeah. look throughout, yeah, <clears throat> when she taunts him, says, I'll, I'll be right back, Dan. Says Dan a bunch of times, yeah. makes out with him. There's the ring. So uh, Ace shows up to save the day. And uh, why the hell didn't he bring a gun? Like, does he <laughs> Is Ace licensed to carry a firearm? Does I mean, it matter? <laughs> he's a man for the animals. He's I would be a tranquilizer dart. At the <laughs> very least, yeah. <laughs> he didn't bring a gun. Like, what the hell? So uh, Einhorn uh, eventually catches Ace, but after a little, uh, he knocks out the uh, Nick knocks Nolte out, yeah, and Nick Wayne Nolte. Newton. With yeah. Wayne Newton. I think he kills him Takes with that him giant... That big uh, hook should have yeah. killed him. But. Yeah. yeah, he gives him a home alone with the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he comes down from the ceiling. You know the other thing about cable. that. You know, the other thing yeah. about that shot mm-hmm. is like watch that shot again and just look at the two guys because as soon as that hook starts coming down, they're already like they yeah. just keep leaning further yeah, and yeah, further yeah, back. Yeah. It's so bad looking. Yeah, they know what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, that, it was a little shoddy. <laughs> so uh, Einhorn points the gun at Ace. He's got she's got him. He slash he's got him by the balls. You know. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to frame him. She's, she, she she calls the cops. She yeah. pulls out a cell phone. She's like, I got the killer or the kidnapper uh, tracked to the uh, docks. Uh, yeah. Ace Ventura is the one who did it. Yeah. And that, you know, I mean, that kind of would also be plausible on her part because, like, that would be, you know, if uh, if he kidnaps the dolphin, then that's certainly money for him, you know, this right. whole big case. Yeah, so it's like plausible. Yeah. Then Dan Marino's got this vest on and Katie said he looked like he works at like a casino. I was like, he looks like a roulette <laughs> dealer. Yeah, he does have a strange uh, little florally thing. Yeah, or... and Asa uh, gets in a fight with uh, with Einhorn. Yeah, there's a, they, they duke it out a little bit. Yeah. They uh, throw some fists. There's a little concern their head into when, the rail. when Dan Marino the... still thinks Einhorn is a woman. Yeah. And he says, having a little trouble with the lady, it's like, what, you need help kicking this lady's ass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you shouldn't have a problem beating the shit out of this lady. Yeah. Yes. So uh, Courtney Cox shows up with all the cops, but like, she, her idea, her big plan is to hold a gun to E. I, I always felt just that, like, that was shy. I always felt that was E's like, just here, take my gun. Yeah. And don't you go on Cause a scene. It That's doesn't right. really like. I guess it holds up the cops for like a. She's not joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird that she's like got the gun on him. Yeah, especially because it's a gun that she's like. First of all, it's like two sizes too big for her yeah. hand. I and like, it. if she tried to fire that gun with one hand, they, like her arm would go flying. But she still cocked it. She was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. She was able to cock the gun with now, one hand. Now, the cops are patient enough to give Grant Ace an audience to the entire explanation of the who. Because it's a detective movie and he needs to reveal Why? his Colum- deduction. Yeah. Columbo moment. You got your yeah. big, this is the parlor scene. 
you know? Yeah. Columbo would not be as entertaining, though, no. about this. He, uh, Here's what I found. Here's what I figured out. One more question. One more. Let me just check her titties here. <laughs> she's got no real breasts. So, yeah. So, as you can a, see, she's a woman. Worst case she's of hemorrhoids I ever seen. He tries to pull her wig off and yeah. rips her blouse open. He's trying to prove that Ray Finkel is under there. It's right. a man. To all the cops, and uh, that's one slender football player too. Yeah. Like you know what, a kicker. Like, well, that's a kicker. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I guess. Um, and he takes down the pants, and there's no bulge. And he's like, "Damn it! Like, how do I prove this, guys?" And then Marino is like, "Come here." He's like, Luckily, my vantage here. point sees yeah. everything. Yeah, I figured it out for you. He gets an assist was, by but... Marino, and he shows everybody like either he's a man, or he's got the worst case. She's got the worst case of hemorrhoids I ever seen. Turns her around, shows the whole audience that she's got a tough back penis which i did not understand as a kid i swear to god i was like so what why did how does hemorrhoids the big thing and i didn't know what hemorrhoids were either so i was like i thought hemorrhoids were just like what happens like you crap your pants and you can't get it out like i didn't understand it just looked to me like a big lump of crap in her diaper in like her pants and you know she doesn't refute it he just he just just beaten yeah and then uh, tries to one more time to kill Ace after all the cops yeah. start like scraping their tongues, like throwing up, spitting into the water all around. Yeah. Tone Loke, uh, E is scraping his tongue. Yeah. And it implies, right, that Einhorn hooked up or did something with all those dudes. It's almost like a Mel Brooks moment. Yeah. Thing. As yeah. a kid, I interpreted it as whatever, like, again, whatever they just revealed that I didn't understand mm-hmm. grossed everybody out. I didn't even re- put two and two together that she kissed everybody. Well, what like, do you think now? Yeah. Is it, Now I make, yeah, that's exactly what she it, fucked all those guys. It, it, it certainly seems like, based on comedy logic, that would be the implication. Man, Finkel it must have been gay before. But Or is trying she, really, she really hard had to blend with those guys because they would have found Yeah, that's true. Franks and beans. All that's that she true. did was that's kiss true. them all. That's like, true. Yeah, she must have just made out with them just or kissing. maybe a little oral. Or, <laughs> or, or they're that disgusted that it turned yeah. out to be a man that they just, the thought makes them all, that's That was bad. what I found. Yeah. Like, that's a weird reaction, but okay. Yeah, you know, that's pretty bad. Um, and then I, that, that, it was at that point I thought, well, maybe this is meant to be like a kids movie. And then I'm wondering <laughs> well, why we're making our kids that way. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, Mike Pence kids movie. That was right. Great. <laughs> Throw up at the sight or the just hearing that it turns out to be a man. And I think we need funerals for fetuses. Um, so anyway, that's the big that's the big reveal. That's uh, you, the case is solved. Yeah, and he uh, she tries it's to attack him one more time. He throws her in the water. She comes up looking like Michael Jackson. And the button is here's the ring, guys. Missing a stone. Lehu zehir. Boom. That's it. Celebration right. time. Let's all take a convoy to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you got it, any more of that gum? And it's it, the worst joke. He says we uh, have yeah. like a transverse James Bond outro instead of intro. Yeah, where he's at the stadium. Uh huh. And they're at the game. Uh huh. Marino gets back with his flowery. Fest and yeah. Snowflake <laughs> is back and kicks a field goal. Yeah, All is right in the world of Miami. Yeah, what till, I, the, till the the pigeon shows yeah, up. Yeah, the pigeon shows up. But before that, one of the things that made me laugh was like they were like, uh, "Thank you, to Ace Ventura, like and welcome back, Dan Marino, and the star of our Super Bowl halftime <laughs> show, Snowflake." Yeah, so Snowflake. that's the big entertainment for right. the 1994 Super Bowl. Hey man, it's a dolphin that can kick field goals. And, and Ace- well, Christ, in 1998 they got the Blues Brothers. Like at least that's a a step up from a dolphin. Blues Brothers. A step. I said a step up. No way, man. Was it Jim Belushi? Yes, it was. Ew. 
As Brother Z and Ew. Mighty Mac was there too. That's the worst Superboy I've ever heard. And James Brown. We, we find out that Ace loves animals unless you're a human dressed as an animal, like a Philadelphia eagle. Yeah. Because yeah. he'll kick your ass. Well, you know what? That eagle was kind of an asshole. He's too. about to get yeah. the albino pigeon and then the eagle swats it away and he says, you just cost me 10 grand, Polly. He goes, yeah, blow me. And then they get in a fight. And then on the Jumbotron, and you right. hear Lover of Animals, and I like yeah. that because he's you know, yeah. the shit out of the eagle. Of Good transposition. Thanks to Ace yeah. Ventura. And um, then he waves, whoop. and it's a freeze oh, frame, yeah. and then you get to hear. Oh, the, one of the best. Look, I, I did this Are in you my you guys going to talk about the Total Look song? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because now, I like full disclosure, that I, I, I talk about this a little bit in my stand-up, but like the 90s had a period of time where we would end a movie with a rap that basically recounted the events of the movie you just watched. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's like this, Adam's Family, Space Invaders, mm-hmm. Wild Wild West, yeah, Men yeah. in Black, and you know. Like, Smiths. It, this was, this was, sounded like earlier Tone Loke work. This was just funky cold Medina. Something that happened yeah. in the 90s. Wild thing. So he says, Tone, put on that big-ass size 13 and kick it for the homies. Oh, and then the and then sweet. he raps, man. Yeah. Ice is in the house. And I wonder how much more they had to pay Tone Loke for that. For the like, song. I'll do the song. Yeah. I'll, do, I'll do the song, but it's going to be with a five million. No, here's the thing. We've got a Will Smith this song. He's trying to be a, a, a credible actor, mm-hmm. and they cast him in this movie, and then at one point, like the producer comes into the room. He's like, say, Tone, we had an idea. And he's like, I know what you want me to do. <laughs> we and he's just trouble like, getting clearance for these songs. He's like, Can well, you fill us in? Do you mind? Would you mind maybe mm. writing a rap? He's like, What do I? I ain't got much of a choice because I know you're gonna cut my ass out of the movie if I don't do this. Uh, so that's it. That's Ace Ventura, Ace. Pet Detective, 1994. So zips along. Yeah, it's a tight movie, and it feels like 85 minutes. What is it? It feels quick. Yeah, whatever the length is, it feels right. like it. Can't wait for that Tom Shadyac, Adam McKay, Will Ferrell, uh, Jim yeah. Carrey movie. It's called We and Are I Us. I just decided it's going to be executive produced by Judd Apatow. Too. Uh, okay. Oh, please. <laughs> we Are Us. And uh, it's going to be an existential journey where they transcend materialism. And, and uh, they move into trailers. That's why I feel like this this whole Jim Carrey I'm not even here thing. I feel I'm not like even this here, is man. this like what are you building towards for like something that's gonna happen five years from now? Hey, like, well, he's an artist like, now. It feels so it to me like just one big installation. It man. feels to me like he, uh, he he you know that Jim and Andy documentary just came out and it's like suddenly his his uh, connection to Andy is back and he's like building towards some big thing. It feels it almost feels like a. Uh, I'm still here type of situation where it's like a fake doc mocking, you know, like oh, like the Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. So yes, it's a tight movie. Yeah. Um, solid plot, pretty much. I, like, there's no like, there's no holes in it, you know. It's like there's some weird things that don't hold. Everything's up. Everything's passable. But like, yeah, everything mm-hmm. is like oh, that, that. Kind of passes enough muster to yeah. to actually make it work. Yes, it has a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Is uh, the second one longer than 90 minutes? Yes, the yeah. second one is definitely over 90. Because mm-hmm. you got to have that big Tommy Davidson fight. Yeah, that would set in his sand. Yeah, biting fists. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but the budget was bigger because he came out of a rhino's butt, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's oh, yeah, that sequence. Where he's butt naked coming out of the rhino's. Yeah, and some kid that you can't tell if it's a boy or a girl just based on the haircut <laughs> yeah. is like, cool! 
<laughs> like, are you, it, like, what? What do you like about this? What? It's a human being that just yeah. came out of that rhino. Yeah, it's a sexual awakening. This is the first of 1994's trilogy of Jim Carrey movies where he just said, "Fuck you, I'm here." Yeah, yeah. he really uh, made his mark in the the mid '90s there, and uh, this oh, is wait, amongst wait. the best. Three, the, boom, boom, this boom. Is, but the, I don't know. It's how the studios use him up too you know i mean i gotta compare him again to will ferrell will ferrell movie after movie after movie you know suddenly you know either your your ideas start running out or Mm -hmm. you don't want to overdo you know certain characters that you rely on but you know what the thing is all it's it's like imagine if anchorman Talladega Nights and Step Brothers all came out in the same year you know it's like it's that's crazy that that happened at all because mm. it's like they're three insanely huge movies and i like what makes them insanely huge is like is it the fact that they're insanely funny or was it just like what fed you know the machine that was creating yeah. jim carrey basically i don't even know i don't know it's, i don't know what point i'm trying to make with this either but well, I, I i think right now you know in this time 2018 you can see a chris pratt is being overused in, mm-hmm. in, to an extent, yeah, I can. Movies, I guess, you know? hey, well, no, we just reached that point now in movies where I feel like it's it, because we're so much. We're we see so much behind the scenes stuff. It's like, it, well, anytime a role becomes available, it's like, all right, well, if it's there's like basically three types of roles. It's like, well, oh yeah, well, Leo DiCaprio is definitely in the talks for this movie. Well, of course he's fucking in the talks yeah. for this movie because he's in the talks for everything. Mm-hmm. Or it's like. You know, an action adventure. Like, yeah, there was that point where it's like, well, Chris Pratt isn't talked to be Indiana Jones. Why? Because he was just in that movie that came out last month. You know, it's like, yeah. it's people don't have, people have such a short attention span that it's just like, well, who's hot right now? Like, yeah, like, okay, that's who's on the short list. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, that's business, but. And uh, also Tom Cruise, you know, him and his, uh, basically his manager are running the studio. So he yeah. gets first crack at every script that comes along, I'm sure. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Ah. <laughs> they don't make movies like this anymore. What did What did you think about the? Uh, I mean, can we talk about Jim Carrey's personal life? Uh, well, uh, sure, I guess. Well, his girlfriend and the the whole wasn't there like a, a oh, suicide the, the or recent, something about? Well, yeah, that's recent news with uh, yeah. some woman he was dating committed right. suicide and like the family is trying to blame so what is in the future for jim carrey is it dramatic roles or no. does he go back to comedy What's in after jim that? carrey's future right now jim carrey ain't even here man so the, the tv show he produced that uh the one about the no comedians. the tv show got produced but jim carrey is uh not there why he was, was he so in, involved in it well, i i, I uh, think it, what he's doing now is he's painting mostly yeah like a. Uh, over like overload. I, I heard a recent okay. interview where he's just trying to erase himself, is what he said. So yeah. it's like he's trying to essentially disappear from the public. So he's gonna Macaulay Culkin us in a way. But even Macaulay Culkin has recently made a comeback. Like yeah. he's now but trying to enter the podcast dec- community decades so, later. Yeah. But um, yeah, like what's in Jim Carrey's future? I would say probably right. a handful of really strange movies spaced yeah. out over a number of years. Maybe him and Louis C.K. will get together with uh, David Lynch and make some really, really dark satire comedy. I think everyone will distance themselves from Louis C.K. for the moment. <laughs> yeah. like, he's got to win the public back on his own before yeah, someone's going to but... partner up with him. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. you got to leave before you can come back, though. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
All right, well, anyway, that is Ace Ventura, Pet Detective from 1994. 86 minutes. Nice, tight, solid movie. Agreed. Agreed. All right, and that's it for this week. Uh, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. Uh, I'm Ryan. Ron Eden. Almost forgot my name. <laughs> and Ryan uh, Eden. Ryan Eden. I'm going to direct the next Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> You're Ryan Eden's directing the new Star Wars? <laughs> He's only got one credit to his name. How is he getting this job? <laughs> I hope it doesn't suck. I hope he gets to keep his job and doesn't get fired by Kathleen Kennedy. Uh. <laughs> All right, we'll see you at the movies. See you.